This is the making of Smile Oasis. Hey, what's up, Jackie? How's it going? Great. How are you, Michael? I'm doing pretty good. How was your weekend? It was good. Just spent it relaxing with the uh, hubby and the kids and just some family time. Nothing too crazy. That's not. Do you, Let me ask you, do you work a lot on the, are you guys going to be open on Saturdays or no? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. Not at all. It, you know what? Once upon a time in my New York days, when I first graduated, I don't know what got into me, but I was like, let me work Saturdays. Let me work some Sundays. No way. Never. <laughs> Man, even sun, like, were you burnt out like that or wh why never well, again? It was like one Sunday a month and like every other Saturday. So, you know, I was just gung-ho to get started and excited and fresh out of school. Um, but never again, you know, one of my last associateships in um, in New York, actually for DSO that I loved that position. We actually had my first taste of Monday through uh Monday through Thursday schedule. So it was actually a lot better. I think quality of life of four days is much better than than five and six. Yeah. Is that what like the ideal for Small Oasis, four days a week? Yeah. So, you know, we're a startup, so we're still very fresh and very new. So right now we're open three days a week. I'm hoping to um, get busy enough so we can expand to, to Mondays. But I never want to work a Friday again, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> I do eventually want the business to open on Fridays, but maybe at some point in the future, if God blesses me with an associate, then, then that will be great. Yeah. I like that. You're like kind of like putting boundaries already, right? I, I feel like there's two sides to that. Some people say like, no, you got to do whatever it takes, right, to make it happen. But then some people don't. They're like, no, nah, I'm going to put the boundaries already, you know? And then because it's harder to take them off once you're up and rolling. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I think boundaries are very important to establish early on. And um, of course, you want to put everything and you're all into your business um, as you should. But, you know, I'm not family is first for me. And, you know, I became a practice owner because I wanted to practice dentistry on my own terms. So um, I definitely want to be able to, you know, spend time with my children and and kind of have a life outside of the office. Yeah. On on the weekends, do you do like a lot of Admin work or not even that at all? Sometimes I do just because, I mean, this <laughs> smallest is my baby. So uh, it's kind of like having a newborn. So it's like, oh, sometimes I just want to go to the office. Just, to, oh, I want to see something, you know, let me go to open dental for something. No real reason. But um, <laughs> we all stop by here. Like my husband, the kids, I'm, they're watching Coco Melon on the TV and I'm just here like figuring stuff out. <laughs> yeah. But, but definitely just for like, okay, if I forget something or if I would like to just figure out something. But definitely don't spend all of my days here. Yeah, it's kind of nice because it's like, because you can right now. You know what I mean? You're like, yeah, I'm just going to go by to, to chill for a bit. See what we got. Exactly. I get you. I get you. Okay. Why not? Field trip, kids. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> really quick. Let me ask you, how far is it from your home, the practice? Yeah, so I'm 24 minutes from home. It's a straight shot. So actually, I don't mind the commute. I would love to move closer, though, just because like, I'm always on a race against the clock because we open at 8 a.m. So I drop my kids off and, you know, got to make it to morning huddle. So it's always a race against the clock. And at the end of the day, got to pick my kids up before the school kicks them out. Right. <laughs> um, so I'm a little bit further than I'd like to be. But honestly, a 24 minute commute is not bad at all. I can't complain. Yeah, no, that's that's really, really good. I I like that a lot. The 24. I mean, like I already know. 
you're super duper busy. You know what I mean? And then on top of that, you record a podcast. <laughs> so it's kind of like, which thank you, by the way. Thank you for that. Uh, I know like everybody else really appreciates it very much, like getting into your journey and everything. Um, so. Oh, I love doing this with you. This is, this is um, a pleasure for me. <laughs> no, I appreciate it. Thank you, Jackie. So I wanted to ask you um, your first day. Let's dive into that because I know the reason this episode kind of comes up when we document startups is because a lot of the times on the first day, we're like, oh my gosh, we forgot the pens, right? Or like just a lot <laughs> of things. So how, what went down for the first day? What, what were the struggles? Were there any? What were the wins? Things like that. Yeah. So uh, first day was not super busy. Um, we came in, we wanted to, you know, establish our routine and everything. So we did our morning huddle um, and just kind of went over our day and what was going on. I think that first day wasn't super busy. Nobody was knocking down the doors yet. We had one patient on my schedule and a patient also for the esthetician that day. And, um, you know, I kind of, part of me felt bad because I've, you know, looked in the group and saw some people like, yeah, I started with 100 patients. And I'm like, oh man, that wasn't me. <laughs> um, but yeah, we, I mean, we pulled it together. We, we had two patients, but we made their experiences great and um, we just did some like social media stuff and just some training stuff with the team. Um, but it was pretty much just like it was a solid day, um, not too busy, but we utilize our time to kind of learn the ropes of everything. Yeah, that can be like kind of, um, you know what I mean? Like you see and people are like, oh, my gosh, I had like 50 new patients opening day and all these things. And then you're did it did you get a little bit discouraged or not at all? Of course, remember, <laughs> I'm an optimist. So I, you know, at the beginning of things, I'm like, yeah, of course, it's going to be 50 patients and 100 patients. <laughs> of course, we can do this. That's how I think. But in reality, it wasn't. And yeah, and, and I did feel bad about that because I'm comparing myself to people who said, oh, yeah, I had 100 people before I could open the door. Granted, though, my start journey is a little bit different. So from the time I signed my lease, Remember, it's a partial build out. So I only had really three months to start building the foundation, right? If I had had a longer build time or maybe like a standard build time, I would have started that ground marketing, like, you know, the year it takes to do all the construction, you know, but time was a big factor for me. But you know, what? given that I had three months to not only get construction done while pregnant and like, you know, start credentialing, start the practice, shop for the practice and do ground marketing. I think it was okay to say that that we did all right to have a few patients to start. Yeah. How many did you have on the first day? The first day, two. Okay. Were they like family yeah. members or anything like that? Or no, it was just... No, separate people. <laughs> oh, wow. That's good. No, that's really, really good for like a... You know what I mean? Like a... Yeah. I know. I I think it's ideal practices or, or somebody else. They say like they have like a practice run through kind of like that with family members. And so, yeah, and I would have liked to, I would have liked to, but I'm from New York and I have no family here. Like my husband has his parents and um, his parents here, but he doesn't even have that that much family here. To be honest, he's from Florida, but a lot of his family, it's been like, you know, he has South Florida and Chicago and stuff. So we actually don't have that big of a crew here. And I was like, oh man, I don't have that, you know, uh, yeah. but it was okay. Yeah, that can be kind of tough. Like, you know what I mean? You want the support. You want the people there. I bet you your family's like, they're they're happy though. You know what I mean? They're still like, man, I can't wait to see. Have they calmed down already or not yet? Yeah, so I have had family down. There was quite a bit of my family members that surprised me for my um, soft opening. So that was really nice. 
And we actually had a family friend fly down from New York to, to come get worked out and everything like that and see the practice. So there has been, you know, such great support so far from my New Yorkers and the people who could fly down so far have, have been doing that. That's good. That's really, really good. Okay, so then on opening day, what went right and what kind of were you like, oh, good thing we, we need more training. We need more training in this or <laughs> this thing happened. Yeah, I mean, I think it was just us getting into the group of things, having patients and I've had patients before. But again, I was pregnant, so I hadn't seen patients in, in a little bit of time. Right. Mm-hmm. And also um, all of my team were new to dental. So, you know, they had never seen um, the dental setting or people coming into an office and how to handle that. I think we're flustered at all because it, it really wasn't busy. So we had an opportunity to kind of just like take our time and talk to people. But just in terms of like figuring out phone conversations and how that should look, how those phone conversations should look to successfully um, educate our patients on the phone and get people through the door. So I think we we did a lot of trial run on that the first day as well. What were the, uh, I guess, did you see any of the mistakes within that or no? Yeah, I mean, just being, I mean, my front office person, she has experience in front office. Um, she actually used to work for like, um, a massage type place. Mm-hmm. And she had a lot of experience with that. But again, with the dental terminology. So it's like, how does she respond if someone say, do you take my insurance? What do we do? We're, we're so credentialing. So we're out of network right now with a lot of insurances. Right. So being able to navigate those conversations. So she just uh, a lot of it was she didn't know what to say when those things came up. Do you take my plan? How much is covered? That kind of thing. So we kind of walked through that and did some like test calls and demo calls and and figure that out together. Yeah. Yeah, that can be tough, especially for someone, right? Because how are you guys all in network now with insurances you're trying to be in network with or still? No, it's credentialing has been a little bit difficult, to be honest. And it's a process. You know, we know it's a process. It takes time and everything like that. But we're still out of network with like pretty much everything. Oh, wow. Are, is that how you want it or no? Well, I mean, eventually I would like it that way. But, you know, in the beginning, it is beneficial to be, I think it's beneficial maybe to be on some insurances to kind of have your name on a list to get people, you know, through the doors and everything like that at a bit of a faster rate. So we're just kind of waiting on that. And right now we're out of network, which patients really haven't had a problem with it. Somehow, I'm not sure why, but we've been tracking a lot of patients who are either self-pay and are interested in membership and that's been great because we had a um, few people sign up for membership already. But also people really haven't had as big of an issue as I thought they would with us being out of network. A couple people have, but most people have been okay with that. Uh, who's doing the, do you have a company doing the credentialing or no? Yeah, we're working with PPO Profits. Okay. Are they quick with that or no? I don't know what it's supposed to be like, you know, this is my first startup. So I know mm-hmm. it takes time because with any of the credentialing services, you know, they encourage you to go on in network with umbrella companies because the reimbursement rates are higher than if you did direct contracts. Again, I don't want to start talking about it because I don't know all that stuff, but um, it's, it's been a while. It's, it's been taking some time. Let's just say that. <laughs> so hopefully, hopefully we get into network with a couple of them soon. Just because, like I said, we do marketing and everything, but I would love to show up on some of those lists just so that people can find me a different way too, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I know... I think I spoke with uh, Travis Campbell the, the other day and he kind of mentions like it's good to it's good to get it like I guess like a little booster right for your your practice because it really is just marketing. But then yeah. from that point on, you kind of have to 
really start seeing, okay, which ones work? Which ones should I start dropping? Which ones are headaches? Which ones keep changing their schedule? You know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. And I didn't want to be like super insurance heavy. I wanted to like stick to ones that I knew would be okay, you know, not like the, the worst reimbursing ones because I don't want to be like a super crazy volume practice. So I want to have like a nice moderate volume to be able to do, you know, devote that kind of time to my patients. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a fine line trying to find that balance and they're helping me to do that. But it's just taking a little bit. If you don't mind me asking, what's the price for PPO profits? It's about 5000 For everything or for what? Yeah, I think it was about five or 6000 And they do all the credentialing for you. They send you all the forms that you have to fill out, your information, your MPI, EIN, all that stuff. And they actually submit to all the insurances on your behalf. And at different points in the process, you have like meetings with them um, to kind of figure out what your goals are for your practice and go from there. Okay. Okay. That's good. And then, okay. So then the first day you found out that like, okay, we need to be better with the phones a little bit when people are starting to ask like, oh, do you take my insurance? Do you take my insurance? Right. Things like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, what else did we like, or did you figure out where you're like, oh, I want to tell people about this because you know what I mean? It happened. Yeah. I mean, nothing crazy happened to us. I'm sorry that I'm probably being boring right now in this episode. But <laughs> no. <laughs> Nothing crazy happened because we just didn't have like a sheer high volume of patients, you know? So I'm sure things would have happened. Oh, one thing that did happen is that the x-ray system kind of glitched a little bit. So um, it took us some time to figure out x-rays and open dental kept freezing on us for some reason, but it, it really didn't hinder, hinder much. So I'm thankful for that. Got you. How did you announce you were open, Jackie? What was like the most effective mediums that you saw where you're like, this was really well, this kind of didn't really work, things like that? Yeah. So um, announcing I was open, again, I was like showing my journey on social media and everything. And occasionally I would boost those posts of like the tours of the office and like, you know, we're getting close to opening or getting close to opening, kind of building that. And I would boost them on Facebook so people would see them. And um, we got a lot of leads that way. Because I think with Facebook, when you boost a post, you can tell them whether you want to get phone calls, whether your goal is to get leads, like someone's email and phone number and name. And I selected getting leads. So every time I boosted those posts, I did get leads on that. And that was really good. So as we were getting close to opening, I just went on live, went on Facebook, went on Instagram and just really announced it. And we did get people, we did get lots of interest and lots of appointments scheduled, but not necessarily for the first day we're open. Gotcha. So it was more for the rest of the week or the month, right? Yeah, the rest of the week and month, just based on people's availability. But um, announcing on social media and having people just follow along and really documenting like, okay, we're, we're finishing our floors now. Okay, we're, we're wrapping up now. We're going to be open by like next, next week now. Um, just you know, building that with your audience really helped us to get a lot of patients in initially. What did these people, the, your new patients that came in, what were they saying? Were, because I mean, like, you know what I mean? Some people are like, oh, it's a new practice, new dentist. I don't know. And then some, I guess, are like, oh, my God, it's a new practice, new dentist. Yes. Or what were they telling you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, people liked it. You know, I made sure that whenever I was on social media, um, because, you know, boosting posts, there are people that you've never seen that are going to be seeing you now. So. Knowing that you're a new practice, I definitely made sure to say, you know, I've been practicing dentistry since 2014. So letting them know that I've been doing it for a while, um, just casually, you know, so that it eases that fear for anybody. But people like new in terms of the practice being new, um, as long as they feel like their dentist is experienced. 
you know, I made sure to show the practice, show how we had amenities in the practice and really highlight the things of the practice that would make their appointment more comfortable. Um, showing our technology, showing our fireplace, showing our relaxation room, um, just showing people this is the place you want to be. It's modern, it's cozy. Um, it's not going to feel like a cold environment. Gotcha. So these were people who were following you already on social media or they never really saw you? On, they just saw like an ad? No, so it's both. So I had um, a personal following on Instagram. So I, you know, always tried to like show my startup journey on the personal and always tagged and funneled people into my um, business page as well. But on Facebook, it was more kind of from scratch. So when I went live on Facebook and, and Instagram, when you boost the post, it's really stranger. So you can actually select whether men or women see it, what age groups see it, and within a certain radius. So I think for me, I selected within 10 miles of my practice, a certain age group. You can even select what their interests are. So are they interested in veneers? Have they ever looked up teeth whitening? Are they interested in like dermal fillers? And you can actually Ooh. tailor your group for marketing. You get on Instagram? On Facebook. Oh, Facebook. And Facebook, yeah. And Facebook will market it on Facebook and Instagram for you. I didn't even know that was an option to be like, oh, they looked at veneers. Let's, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, there's a lot of code words you can use and, and you can basically say, what are their interests? And you can kind of match people to their interests. Wow. OK, so then what were some of the major questions that they asked you or frequently asked questions? Right. I know you mentioned like you were letting them know you've been practicing for a long time, things like that. You're you're open. But did you get any like, um, I guess, people who were iffy, like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, do you take this insurance? Like, what were the main questions that you felt? Yeah. For some reason, I feel like we actually attract a lot of people who don't have dental insurance, which is fine by me because I love our membership plan and everything. But I did get, I just got a lot of supportive comments, really, just showing the practice. We're half a year in the area. Oh my gosh, like new practice. It looks so fancy. It looks so modern. Can't wait to stop by. And we always made sure to kind of like respond to them and talk to everyone and say, I would love to welcome you for a tour. Here's our number. Like, and offer that to everyone. But also we did get those patients who were insurance driven and some people are very insurance driven. <laughs> Even the patients who had those questions, like, do you take my insurance? You know, we really worked on our verbiage with those calls and we actually converted a lot of people into patients of ours. And there's still some people that say, oh no, you know, if you don't take it, it's okay. Like, I don't want to go to someone out of network. There's a couple people like that, but most people have actually still come to us. If you don't mind me asking, what verbiage did you use for that? So we kind of rehearsed it. I know my front office, she's like probably tired of me. <laughs> <laughs> it went over, over and over. But basically connecting with the patient first. You know, we never bring up insurance first. And we want, don't want to see our patients as a number or a call log. So, oh, what's your name? You know, using their name in that conversation, getting to know them first before talking to any of the business and just genuinely connecting with them. So asking their name, asking, what was your last dental visit? It's been a while. We're so happy that you're, you're in the right place now. You know, Dr. Jackie is great with patients who are nervous. She's going to take amazing care of you. We have so many um, amenities here for our patients who are a little bit anxious and, and kind of go through those, you know, and tailor that talk to whoever that patient is. So if they're anxious, tailoring it to them and having their fears kind of ease in that conversation. If it's someone who maybe put everything in life before themselves, like, yeah, we know, you know, having children, you know, you're taking care of everyone else. And now it's time to treat yourself. Like, 
just having those personal conversations with people and seeing where they are and what has stopped them from dentistry in the past and connecting on that level. Yeah. If a patient mentions insurance, then we can say, we don't say no, we don't take your insurance. There's no no's in that conversation. <laughs> so we just say, yes, we take your insurance as an out-of-network provider. And then we listen for our patient to kind of respond to that. And then we say to them, um, the way it works is, and we explain our process. So in our office, we actually collect up front and we submit for reimbursement for our patients on their behalf. I like that. You know what I really appreciate is like how you guys are still, I mean, like a lot of people, not a lot, but some people might be like, oh my gosh, I have to hurry up. And get, if not, word of mouth is going to spread and then everybody's going to know I don't take their insurance initially when I do and stuff. But you guys are still, you know what I mean? And you're like, and we're still taking you guys on. You know what I mean? We're, yeah, we don't, I, I just, you know, we don't want to stop the conversation there. So yes, we take you, we take your insurance as an out-of-network provider. So here's how it works. And we submit this on your behalf. So you don't have to worry about submitting anything to your insurance. And most people are okay with that. Oh, I'm going to get reimbursed. And then we let them know, like every insurance plan is different. Your out-of-network benefits are tailored to you. So we'd be more than happy to, to look up your out-of-network benefits. And at the time of your visit, we can definitely let you know what your reimbursement rates would potentially be. So patients have been totally fine with that. I like that. And I like, so from what I'm getting is, or what I'm understanding is that the conversation has to go deep enough to find the real reason that they called, right? So if they're calling, hi, Dr. Pierre, I just wanted to know if you take my insurance, what do we do next? Like, we want to continue to poke until we find out like, oh, it's because like, I hate the way my smile is or. Yeah, so I would say poke a little bit, you know? Yeah. Huh? <laughs> Obviously gauge your patient because everything is about personality type too. Some people are not going to let you go there. But uh, really saying, oh, okay, um, Michael, may I ask you a couple questions? Well, first, let me get your number just in case we get disconnected. So you have that. And how'd you hear about us, Michael? Oh, my friend told me. Oh, well, you know, please send your friend our thanks. We're so grateful that your friend thought highly of us to um, refer you to us, right? And then let me ask you, Michael, when was your last dental visit? And then if you say like, oh, it's been five years. Oh, well, you know, it's, it's important that you're here now. So I'm really excited that you're here now. No judgments. You're in the right place because Dr. Jackie really takes care of her patients and we really tailor your treatment to you. Are there any questions I can answer to you about the office or anything like that? So we kind of like shifted to a conversation to get to know that person, mm -hmm. um, get to know their story and also give them a little bit of insight into what we stand for, what we offer our patients. And then we go into the insurance conversation. Yeah, man, you know what that made me realize right now is you're, you mentioned it, I guess, like, you know how at least when you're like a brand new startup, you spend maybe like an hour and a half, almost two hours with the new patient right in the chair. You're talking to them, you know, getting to know them. But I guess it kind of goes even before that on the phone. Like you got to spend that time with them. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And just really, it's really about spending that time establishing that relationship. I feel like, and again, I don't have any data on this, but I just think about what I would want. <laughs> if someone spent the time to talk to me and kind of like get to know me a little bit and laugh a little bit with me and say, oh, yeah, you're taking care of yourself. You've been, you know, taking care of your two babies. Now it's time to treat yourself, mama, like that kind of thing. I would be more inclined to show up to that appointment and be excited about it than if they said, okay, Jackie, what's your insurance? What's your date of birth? Okay, we'll see you at this time. Bye. You know? 
Yeah. No, yeah, you're right. You're right. I, I, yeah. 100%. Like building that relationship makes it feel like there's a almost like uh, obligation where you're like, no, nah, I already got I got to go. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. yeah. And we write it down. So like, say I'm calling and then like they say, oh, Jackie has two young kids. She's trying to put herself first. We're going to write that down in that appointment. No, we're going to talk about it in a huddle. Or if Jackie has a birthday, like, for instance, we have someone coming in tomorrow who has a birthday that just passed. We're going to bring him a cupcake. We're going to remember, hey, you know, how was your birthday? Like, here's a cupcake. Let's celebrate after the appointment, you know? Or when I come in for the first time, Jackie, how's your two little ones? Like, remember their names, you know, just to connect with them. That's good. I like that. Okay, so then from that point on the first day, what did you realize about your team members? Like when, according to before you hired them, I mean, before they were like officially open seeing patients to now, where have you seen transformations, changes? Obviously, we know one of them left, but at the same time, mm-hmm. um, could you tell which one was stronger? Which one was a little bit not weaker, but less stronger? No, I mean, everyone has like different strengths in different areas. You know, there are certain, many areas I've weakened in life, right? Everyone has their gifts, their strong suits. And honestly, um, you know, anyone I have on my team, I'm really impressed with. And that's before, if I'm not impressed with you, then I don't hire you, you know? So, so they all had different areas of strengths. I would say in terms of comfortability with asking for money, I think that's something that we've been working on and kind of like improving with our team. It's kind of like, okay, I'm scared to ask for money. I'm scared to say, oh my gosh, $500, you know? So <laughs> yeah, we're working on that. Okay. No, yeah, that, that, that is difficult. Like I remember I know. Oh, yeah. one of our treatment coordinators, when I worked at the practice immediately, she would start off with the discount. She'd be like, this is how much it is 500, but we're obviously giving you a $300 discount. So it's too, and I remember one of the consultants were like, why are you doing that? Like immediate, cause we're all kind of like afraid to ask for that sale, you know? I hear you. And, and also because, you know, some people have the mindset that, oh, if my insurance doesn't cover it, then you know, maybe insurance should cover everything. And that's like a, a false kind of um, perception, right? But the way I put it to my team is if someone is willing to pay 600, like my friend, they go and get their hair done for $600. Mm-hmm. You know, people go and get their purses, they get their nice cars, they get the toys they like, they get the shoes they like, you know what I mean? It's really about what people see value in, not the cost of it. So it really starts with our team seeing value in it. So it's something that we're working on and instilling in everybody. It's okay to ask for that money because guess what? Here's what the numbers look like of what it takes to keep this practice open. And here's the value in the service we're offering. Look at the office. It's beautiful. Look at the experience we're giving them. So just getting comfortable with, with talking numbers. Gotcha. So do you feel like right now they're a little bit more comfortable or like what are you guys doing to work on that? Yeah, just just going over it and talking about it and everything like that. I definitely think um, they're more comfortable for sure. We're still working on it, um, but definitely we are getting there in terms of comfort. I always tell everyone it's really we have to see the value in something or in no way in heck that a patient is going to see value in it. You know what I mean? So no matter what you say, if you don't believe it, they will not buy it. So (laughs) that's true. Yeah, we start with us. I hundred percent. You, I remember taking like a sales course one time and then they said like, you got to, if they say no, you almost want to feel bad that they're saying no, because it's like gonna not benefit them. You know what I mean? You got to want them to have it so much where it's like, oh my gosh, I feel so bad. Like truly that you're not getting this done, you know? And I, yes. hmm, 
that's interesting to to care about someone like that much. You know what I mean? And to care about what you're what you're believing in, your value, what what you have, right? Absolutely. And no doesn't mean um, it could mean right not right now, right? It doesn't necessarily mean that the patient won't do it. Some personalities need to look at things again. Some personalities can't decide on the spot and they need, some people can't, you know, decide without their spouse or something like that. So, or their parents, if they're like a young adult. So it's okay in those cases, we don't see it as, you know, the person, the person said no. What we want to do also is provide another opportunity to follow up. Okay, so you're not going to pursue that today, but Dr. Jackie is concerned about it. So let's get you down. Let's review this again. Um, Let's get you on the schedule because it gets filled up fast. No, we have no one. <laughs> it gets filled up fast. So let's get you on the schedule for next week. Does the same time of day work for you? Yeah. Okay, wonderful. So I solidify that spot for you. Have a look at it with your spouse and we'll talk about it some more. Well, you know, Dr. Jackie is going to answer all your questions and um, we can definitely make that work for you. We found that people come back and then they make the, you know, some people need to think about it and then they may pull the trigger on the next go. Yeah. You know, I think that's because you guys are a little bit different because a lot of people, when they hear no, that's like, oh, no. Right. And we have connotations like uh, and it's a negative no. But I don't think we realize there can be a positive no. Right. So it's like it's no, it's positive. So then we got to get the reason we got to get to the reason for their yes. Like if they're saying no to this, what are they saying yes to and everything else? Then we can find out how to turn that positive no into a yes, you know? Yes, absolutely. And really reading your patients. And that takes some time, especially for everyone, you know, different people on a team. I want to give you an example. So we had a patient who said no to treat once it was presented to them. You know, of course, we always say get financial options and everything like third party financing. Patient said no. And they came out and they said, oh, the patient said no. I don't know what to do. And I went back into the room um, and I said, oh, you know, do you have any questions for me? Is there anything I can clarify about the treatment plan? Um, and just got talking to him. And then the patient actually converted for treatment. So it was really just reframing, understanding why they said no. And it was really with that patient, that patient did not really, it was a cultural difference. They didn't want to finance everything. They wanted to pay as they go and save and pay and save and pay. So I was like, okay, you can't do this entire procedure today. Let's start with half of your mouth. Does that work for you? So we can get you started and get you into a more healthy position. Great, let's do that today. And the patient wanted to do that today. Okay, well, let's schedule you to come back to the other side. And they did it. So they accepted treatment because we kind of found out why they said no and reworked it and reframed it in a way that could work for them. I like that. Now, when stuff yeah. like that happens, Jackie, do you like let your team know, like, guys, look, this happened because of it? You know what I mean? Or is it more just you figure it out on your own? No, no. It, I mean, we're all a part of a team. So we use every opportunity for education. So like I always tell my team, mistakes ha- will happen. Like, we, you know, we will make mistakes, everyone. And that's okay. As long as we use them to learn and grow from them as a team. So in that moment, you know, I, I had her listen in on me. And she was like, how did you do that? And we kind of like talked with everyone. And, and we talked about what it means when they say no. And understanding like how to read your patient to see why they said no. It could be so many different reasons, but being able to let that patient lead you and lead your conversation into a way that you can help them because we know they need this treatment, you know, but at the same time, they may not see value in it. There might be financial barriers. There might be um, barriers because 
the other decision makers in their life are not there. So we have to identify that and kind of see what works best in helping our patients. Gotcha. I like that. I like that a lot. Instead of like getting to the yes super fast, you want to see what's best working and what, what works best for your patients. Do you ever get nervous when someone like one of your team members listens in on you and you're like, oh God, I hope this goes right or else if it doesn't, then... Not at all. I mean, not at all because I think if we use it, we use it for learning. So I'm definitely um, comfortable with having those talks in front of patients. Not everything will go according to plan, but the thing is, is that... Um, you want to use it as a teaching tool for us all. Mm-hmm. So then on the first day, what would you do differently? Um, I honestly, I wouldn't, I don't have any regrets. I wouldn't do anything differently. I honestly just say since we weren't super busy, I, you know, I wish we were super busy that day, honestly. But since we weren't busy, we made the best use of our time and we did continuing education and we learned open dental and we learned a lot of the things that we would need in the busier upcoming days. Gotcha. Okay, that's interesting. Awesome. So then what happened? Did you ever go to the Grand Marketing event, Bombar? Bombare? Yes, we actually just did that today. Um, so that was cool. It was fun. And um, yeah, we went there this morning and they had one of their yoga classes from, I believe, 930 to 1030. So we actually went there. We set up a table. We were doing... Um, giveaways. So we're giving away um, an in-office teeth whitening as well as a complimentary facial. And we actually set up a massage table and everything. So we had our esthetician there doing um, free express facials. And um, we gave people an opportunity to schedule with us for dental and also for the spa services. Nice. So then did you get a lot of people signing up or not? We did. Well, actually, they're a new business as well. So it was actually kind of nice to build that relationship with them. Because they have they have a few members, maybe like a couple dozen members. And um, so that class, I would say, probably had like six people in it. So it wasn't a super large crowd. But I'm totally fine with that because we're building relationships. And now all those six people know who we are. Um, there was one woman who wants to schedule for her and her you know, family as well. So we're speaking to her to schedule that appointment. But it was really a success. That's wonderful. And so, and are you also able to go like in the next month or a couple months from now, like do it again? Oh, yeah. Actually, we were talking with the owner and we want to plan like a bigger event where we kind of market it to all the members, not just, the, you know, the people that joined this particular class. Hmm. Um, so I definitely would love to work with them again. Actually, I think I may also um, do like a team building thing and, and take my team for one of our classes because it looks like a lot of fun. Yeah, that'd be cool. Awesome. That's really, really awesome. So then what's next? What What do you got in the books for this upcoming week? Yeah, so for the upcoming week, um, just getting in the group of things, uh, more around marketing. So I've spoken to some more apartment buildings and hopefully we'll be hitting the pavement on Monday to uh, have one of those, another one of those type of events with the apartments. I really think that they've been super fun. And it brings a lot of exposure to us because the apartment buildings actually send out the memo to all of their residents. And even when we were at the apartments doing the complimentary facials and dental screenings, people were coming down, peeking their head in like, what's going on here, you know? (laughs) Uh, And we got quite a few appointments from that. So um, we definitely will be rinsing and repeating that many times. That's good. That's good. And then you're, I want to say, did you bring on an intern? Yes, we have a dental intern. She's 
kind of like a dental assistant and also front desk. She's being cross-trained in both. And she's actually planning on going to dental school. So I'm so excited for her and so proud of her. So I, you know, I'm always looking for an opportunity to like mentor if I can. And she's the sweetest. She's very helpful. And um, she's going to be coming once a week just to kind of um, to learn the ropes for both sides of everything. Ah, okay. So she's not the one who's replacing the other employee, right? Or, or your... Well, we have a dental, we have a new dental assistant that's here with us. Mm-hmm. Oh, how's that coming along? Great. It's coming along great. She's learning and everything. And she actually is, which is amazing is that she's an expanded function dental assistant. I was really happy about that because, you know, I, I was kind of fearful in making the same mistakes again and not getting someone with some level of experience um, because it has its risks, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to shoot myself in the foot, but um, it was so amazing that she has expanded function dental assistant um, certification and she was like, on the president's list and everything in her, in her class. So she's, she's awesome. She's really awesome. When it comes to that, do you have to pay a lot more or a little bit more from your previous employee for them? Well, it depends. It depends on experience level. So, um, so we just work that out. You know, we see what, what they're asking for and find something that is fair and appropriate for that position. So I definitely want to be fair with all my employees. So we, you know, we worked out something that works for her and everything like that. Awesome. And then your uh, esthetician is still getting her separate patients or no? Yeah. So the esthetician um, is doing facials and everything like that. I actually had a talk with her about what kind of services she would like to offer and maybe getting some continuing education to expand services. One thing that's been good for her schedule is having Groupon set up. And we've got quite a bit of patients from that. And that's really, you know, Groupons, you don't make a ton of money, but mm-hmm. the Groupon is great exposure. So if a patient likes you for a facial, then they're going to start coming to you regularly. So she actually has a couple of people who started coming to her regularly from something like Groupon. Um, other than that, she's gotten her patients from the ground marking that we've done as well. Okay, cool. Awesome. So Jackie, we're excited to see how you continue to go throughout these episodes. And uh, with that being said, sign is out. You're listening to the Making of Smile Oasis.